That's right. Not one, but two. Star Wars Day, Brent. Every top of the hour. So how big of a Star Wars fan are you? Pretty big. <laughs> Is Amanda? Not really. I appreciate Amanda even more now. Do you know what this is from? No. Dude. I feel like it's from The Wizard of Oz. Or some, like, musical. I wish I had my whole, like, computer so I could play the boo sound for you. I, I'm glad you don't have Well, I don't care if you didn't have it. I, like, know nothing about Star Wars. Apparently not. No. That was from the, the first movie made, so episode four. Okay. Um... Pretty famous scene, the Cantina Band. Are you supposed to? Are you a believer in watching Star Wars in a certain order? Uh, like, so yeah. I mean, in like, in some sort of order, yeah. I mean, I can watch without being in order and know what's happening, but ideally, yeah, there's an order to the whole situation. You know, one, two, three, four, five, six, or in terms of how they were made. Uh, obviously, they were made four, five, six, then one, two, three. But ideally, one, two, three, four, five, six. Star Wars strikes me as a little bit like, uh, think about like musical artists that people go see like a lot. So like David Matthew, Dave Matthews Band. Okay. All right? Sure. Like if I ask somebody if they've been to a Dave Matthews Band mm -hmm. concert, they'll be like, oh, yeah, uh, no, I haven't been to one. I've been to like 15. Sure. Right, or I've been to 30. Or, like, it's a badge of honor to be, like, to 150 Dave Matthews Band concerts and, like, pay for his next house. Yeah. Like, singularly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So, but, like, Star Wars strikes me as that in in the, the context of, like, there are, you're, like, either a Star Wars fan or you're not, and if you are, like, you're, like, a big Star Wars fan. Yeah, that's fair. Like, it's probably no. Like, it's not a casual thing. It's yeah. really not. Like you're all the people that I know that are Star Wars fans. Like my best friend Pat from home. His wife, like he he likes Star Wars. Like he's probably more of the casual one. But yeah, like she is What's crazy about Star Wars. What's her name? Mary. Good people, Mary. You're Mary good, is people. good people. That's what I was getting for. People. I don't know how Pat ended up marrying her, but she loves Star Wars. Yeah. Cool. Loves it. It's it's great. Yeah, and, and like. Just crazy about like, stuff like uh, from Halloween to whatever, right? Yeah. I mean, you name it. And it's just like I I don't really get it, but there's a lot of I always say like I'm not, I don't have a problem with people like that. I just don't get it because I'm not that. Like I really have very little Star Wars knowledge. It's probably part of uh, a multitude of things that have been bad parenting that I haven't really like said. Hey, you've got to sit down and watch Star Wars. Yeah. From a culture pop culture standpoint, yeah. So you're not like uh, an idiot like your dad mm -hmm. when it comes to it. Mm -hmm. You should do that for sure. Like, how much am I in the minority that I don't have much Star Wars knowledge? Like, or are there more people like me than you? There's more people like you. Yeah, you're not alone. Uh, you just might be a loser, but you're not alone. <laughs> you know. Um, Star, Star Wars is good, um, but there are a lot of people that just don't go for it. And like, you know, I understand that. You know, it is what it is. Teach their own, but uh, yeah, you know. Uh, I think I think you should really just give Ty and Kaylee an opportunity to watch it, though. Well, they have an, if they want to watch it, they can watch it. Yeah, that's true. Where do you get Star Wars now? Is that on like Netflix? Uh, probably Disney Plus. Disney Plus. Yeah. There we go. I think we have that. 
Uh, yeah. So yeah, uh, opportunity. But here's my thing. So, so why though? Like why? What's the draw to Star Wars? Like it's so good. Like it's so. So the the first ones that were made are like the better ones. Everyone pretty much agrees. But like, when you get the first three that were then made after, and they kind of connect everything. If you look at it on the surface, it's dudes fighting with light swords, right? I understand that. Yeah, straight up, right? Pretty obvious. But, like, if you understand all the backstory and, like, oh, why is this happening? And then it, it if you really can think about it in that way and just go into it with an open mind, like, okay, and you start to figure out what's going on here. It doesn't, by the way, it's not super hard to figure out what's going on. I'm not going to spoil it, even though it came out in, like, the 70s. Yeah. I'm not going to spoil it. But once you kind of figure out what's happening, uh, it, it's a more enjoyable experience. And then the last three that Disney just made, you know, similar, don't love them. Uh, it is what it is, but again, it keeps the storyline going. You can think, oh, wait, is she this person? Could she be this person? Is uh, it over, or will there be more? Uh, so the, Isn't the, the last one supposed to be like it? So one through nine, the movies, the Skywalker series, what they called them, yeah. about Anakin, Luke, and Ray. Yeah, that's done. Okay. But now they're going to do, like, they've done the spinoffs. So, like, they had Rogue One, they had Solo, uh, they got the TV shows, the Boba Fett show. Um, so there will be more of it, but, like, the main. The Obi-Wan show is about to come out. That's right. pretty exciting. Uh, but the main kind of movie series, if you will, one through nine, it's a wrap. Call it a career. Uh, my favorite Star Wars moment is from Tommy Boy. Luke, I am your father. That's it. It's not even from Star Wars, yeah. Uh. <laughs> your favorite Star Wars moment is from a different movie. What movie is it? No, I'm just saying. No, you're. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. Like, I yeah. you told me I was like from the wrong wrong line. No, yeah, it's from a different movie. You're yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't, and you don't hey, even get it. Star Wars, yeah. Harry Potter. Who else? Lord of the Rings. That was the one I was listening. Lord of the Rings. So which bigger fan of which? Star Wars. I like I like I love Star Wars. I like Harry Potter. I've never ever seen Lord of the Rings. Now that doesn't seem to make much sense. The Lord of the Rings movies are long. Star Wars is at least like two and a half, three. You're done. Lord of the Rings is like three and a half, four, and you're still sitting there. You know. Yeah. I can't uh, do it. Is that why? So it's, it's super long. Yeah, they're super long. And then, like, Star Trek's a thing, but, like, I don't know about I would Trek. feel like, I feel like the folks that like Harry Potter really like Lord of the Rings, too. Is there a match there? Potentially, like, because it's, like, magic and stuff, right? That's kind of where you're Yeah, so are we, oh, I don't know. You tell me. I haven't even watched That's where you're taking that from. of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or read anything of it. So, like, I just wonder, is there a correlation between people who like Star Wars, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, or is it three separate kind of taste buds? Uh, I think it's kind of separate. Um, Star Wars is definitely different than the other two. Like, there is magic, if you will, with the Force. But, um, you know, I think it's all separate. But I feel like the connection to be made from Harry Potter to Lord of the Rings is more easy to make, I guess you could say. But I don't. I like Harry Potter. Let's go far-reaching here for a moment because now I'm tapping into Do you think anybody's still listening? I don't care. Uh, I'm tapping. Mention Star Wars. People listen, by the way. Um, Thanks for listening. I'm tapping into your psyche here. Okay. All right. Not just you, but Star Wars fans. Mm -hmm. Are they sports fans? Hey, yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, one of the biggest. I know you are. But. One of the biggest Star Wars fans I know, uh, Scott Barnes, good guy, one of my favorite people on the planet. Uh, diehard sports fan, Broncos fan, works for the Pittsburgh Pirates. All right. Diehard sports, Alabama. Oh, I tell you what, he's one of them crazy Alabama fans. But I'll tell you, biggest Star Wars fan I know. So really? There you go. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then I was going to ask you, like, if a Star Wars fan, if you had to label them to a sport, which sport would it be? I mean, you're sitting here watching, like, Champions League soccer. Yes, I am. By the way, 0-0 zero, zero still. Uh, Real Madrid I can't believe two. how much you like soccer. It's weird, right? It is weird. I'm like an onion. Like you just don't 
You yeah, peel and there's just another layer. There really is. Yeah. Like, like I like to try to. I know stereotyping isn't a good idea, but I try to like to do that anyway. You and I wouldn't it, stereotype yeah. you as like the guy watching Champions League soccer on a Wednesday afternoon on CBS 47. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, you know, here we are. I'm I'm running the show. I'm talking. I'm watching soccer. Wait a minute. We got an opportunity here. Um, but to answer your question. You know, Star Wars, some people call it boring, but I wouldn't peg it to baseball. That's just not what I would do. No, I wouldn't think so either. Like, I was thinking soccer. Like, can you find a correlation between... No. No? Well, maybe. Because in Star Wars, it's a lot of buildup. You're waiting for, like, the, the lightsaber fight. You're waiting for the big thing. And in soccer, you're waiting for an opportunity to, you know, score a goal. So I could, I could go with that. Hockey, maybe, as well. Because, I mean, don't get me wrong. Star Wars is physical now. People are losing their lives in Star Wars. I don't know. I just didn't know. Like, if you go to a, if I pull, if I went to a football game, yeah, and I pulled everybody at a football game, we gotta have these same crowds, okay? There's thirty thousand people at a football game. I know there's usually more, but yeah, I pulled. I said, hey, are you a big Star Wars fan? How many people would say yes? Yeah. If I go to a basketball game, how many people would say yes? If I go to a hockey game, how many people? Yeah. Say yes? If I go to a soccer game, how many people? Like, so if I did that, like, I wonder where that would fall. Like, is it somewhere between football and hockey? Because of that, like, I don't know. I wonder where people's, uh, I want somebody to do a test on that. Well, think about this. Somebody do a poll. UNF poll question or something, right? Yeah. Don't they run a lot of polls at UNF? Yeah, they, they run all kinds of polls, tell you what. <laughs> um, lots of lots of questions being asked at UNF. Uh, think about this, though. Hockey, minor league baseball, they usually have Star Wars night, right? Well, I, that makes sense. I haven't seen the NFL do a Star Wars night yet. That's true. And what an opportunity. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I think, yeah. But to answer your point, I think they're... At a sporting event, I think there'd be more Star Wars fans than like diehard Star Wars and like diehard Harry Potter. That's just my guess. That's that's a good point. Yeah, I hear what you're saying there. Yeah, um, just trying to. Teach your own, by the way. Listen, I ask these questions from a psychological point of view, more based on me. Like you are missing like, something. Why? Yeah. What am I missing, and why don't I care that I'm missing it? So, like, there's not a bone in my body that cares to do two things: go watch Star Wars yeah. front to back and run a marathon. Well, obviously, the marathon goes without saying. Like, but don't care. Like, it, Austin will tell me to go, like, uh, watch a movie or something. I'll be like, yeah. oh, yeah, I want to do that. i got to find a couple hours to go do that. Or if you tell me to go watch a show, like, I'll be like, all right, I'll check that out. Like, I'll go watch that, that, the series of that show. Yeah. People have been telling me to, for years to go sit and watch for a weekend or however long it's going to take me to go watch Star Wars, Harry Potter, yeah. Lord of the Rings. And I'm not doing it, and I don't think I'm ever doing it. Ever? Like, I think I'll die not watching them. See, that's just horrible. You know, you're you're missing out on life at that like, point. I almost feel you're like leaving I'm too something far on behind, the table. Though. No, you're not too far behind. What do you think they thought in the the 90s? They said, "Oh, we're too far behind." And then boom, 1999, episode 1. And then they're like, Wait, "We got to catch up quickly." And then people were really confused because they watched 4, 5, 6 and then 1, and there's characters that weren't even mentioned in the other movies. So those people were lost and confused. Uh, not that I want to stay on this any longer, but I I, I now I'm interested in it. So, like, how do you know about Mark Hamill? Who? Don't do that. I, I don't know if you're serious or kidding. Who? <laughs> Mark Hamill, the guy that played Luke. I know you're kidding. I know you're kidding. All right, how, did, how about uh, Harrison Ford? I know Harrison Ford from, like, The Fugitive. <laughs> <laughs> Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brett Martin, no Casey Kurtz. Uh, sports coming up because Brett's capping, folks. That's what it's called. He's capping. What is, is that what that's called? Yeah, that's you're capping. Called. You're uh, kidding. You're lying. Yeah, fantastic article, by the way, today on Trayvon Walker. Why the Jaguars made the right pick. Did you get a chance to see some? 
I did. I saw a little bit of it because you shared it from somebody else who shared it from somebody else who shared it who <laughs> all said it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, like I that I think I said really, really, really like three times. You did. You said a lot of reallys, and I'm not going to be like you with Star Wars. I need to get in on what the good stuff is. So yeah, I I looked at it. Um, definitely interesting. I think I feel like now I'm hearing more people like the pick than just you. Are you? Because I feel like like leading up to the draft, like even we heard some people on ESPN and other networks say like, eh, you know, I don't know. And then yeah. I think people are coming around on it now. I don't know if it's because we know more what they're going to do. Uh, I think we've talked some people into it. And I think that people, too. when you're going into it, again, when the, when you have the emotion of the draft, I, f- I find that you've, you want to know what you know, right? You want to see yeah. come to fruition what you've seen. And what you've seen is Hutchinson getting sacks. You've seen Walker be a part of a great defense, hold up a national championship trophy, but he has not, like, laid out quarterback after quarterback after quarterback in his career. He just hasn't done it. So it, it does need a little explanation. I think there's a couple of reasons why people feel maybe a tad better about Walker than they did on draft night. One is people have talked him into it a little bit. Two if you want to find people that like the Walker pick, you now can. It was a little shady yeah. the first 24 hours, but as more context comes out on it, you can find more people that are excited about it. Three, I think even late that night, people felt better about the Walker pick coupled with Lloyd. Because it made more sense then, yes. I think. No, I felt the same. I, that's exactly how I felt because I, you know I wasn't sold on it. I've said multiple times I wanted to pick Thibodeau. But I think when you then draft Devin Lloyd and you look into what Devin Lloyd does, it's like, oh, he's, you know, he can play middle linebacker. Oh, he can rush the passer. Yeah. And he can do all these other things. So then you're like, well, maybe now they don't have to just pigeonhole Trevon Walker. And, like, you can do these other things. And then even with Chad Muma, like, that was another one where I was like, well, now I get it. Like, I – I see it. You now. can start I, to see it. I understand what they want to do. And I think that's what we asked for the whole time. Like, even when we said before they picked him, like, just tell us how you're going to use him. And now I think we all have a pretty good idea on what they're going to do, and it's all of a sudden very exciting, I think. And, and they still listen. They still haven't really told us because they don't want to give up. No, much, no, no. Right? They're being pretty coy yeah. as well. But you start to see, okay, I can see how all three of these guys could get on the field. I can see how one could impact the other. What's, what's really interesting to me, though, is we went into this thing, and I was big on this. Just put them in one position and let them go. Well, I think when they picked Lloyd and even Muma, and you start to play out this defense, the bottom line is they're not going to put him in just one position. No. I think they are going to put him on the edge standing up, but they also might put him down there next to that nose tackle. Yeah. Like they might Now, they might not have like 14 different roles for him. But they might have two different roles for him. Mm-hmm. And they might also be comfortable that this guy was able to do three, four, five different things at the collegiate level yeah. rather than a Hutchinson who was really just, boom, go get him. Yeah. Right? And so that's what this article basically says. So if you haven't seen the article, it's on uh, usatoday.com. Doug Ferrer, uh, I think is how you say his name. He's been writing a long time. He does good work, but I never know if it's Ferrar or Ferrer. Um, and... One of the two. He, he really does a good job of explaining the skill set. I'm not going to go through it, you know, blow by blow. Yeah. But does a good job of explaining the skill set of Trayvon Walker, what he was asked to do at Georgia, which, by the way, you could find that information before the draft. I just don't know if everybody wanted to find that information before the draft, mm-hmm. depending on which guy you wanted. And why it makes sense what they were asking him to do at Georgia and what they might ask him to do in the NFL. Now, there are still some red flags. 
can he do this? Can he do that? But that would have been with Hutchinson. That would have been with Thibodeau as well. I mean, yeah. can you project to the next level? Can you beat double teams, right? Can you work on your arsenal of moves? Will all this stuff that you were really good at the collegiate level, because maybe you're a freaky athlete, will that work here at this level where everybody's kind of a freaky athlete? Yeah. So it, it, it kind of does everything. It's not just like this whole, like, fluff piece on Trayvon Walker is going to be the next great thing in the NFL. Right. But it does showcase kind of how he was used, how he could be used, and some of the things that they're going to have to work on to get the most out of him, which uh, I just think it lays it out really well. And so I tweeted it out today if you can't find it um, earlier, maybe like late this morning I think I did that. So uh, it's if you're trying to get talked into Trayvon Walker, which I don't have to be. I like the Trayvon Walker pick. Yeah, I, I am a little bit of blind faith on the fact that I think Mike Caldwell's system Helps. Is going to be Absolutely. fun, and I understand what they're saying about why this guy could be a fit better than a Hutchinson, perhaps, mm-hmm. um, and maybe even why a Thibodeau could have been higher on their list because of the fit in this style defense. So if you buy that, which right now I trust that and buy that because I saw what Tampa did a couple of years ago, yeah. and if he's going to run a very well-respected kind of flavor of Todd Bowles' system, and... He obviously loves linebacker play, given where he played and how good they were in Tampa, Mm -hmm. what they just did in the draft, how much that could make Walker good. And I'll give you another thing. Based on what the Jags have done, if we go back to, like, uh, Miles Jack and let's just say take Taven Bryan, for instance. Because those are two good examples of players that they tried to do maybe too much with early on. Sure. I think you could also make the case that those guys were asked to produce right away in those roles and make impact plays right away in those roles because they needed to. Like, there was some good talent on that 16 team when Miles got drafted, mm-hmm. but there was new talent. It was Ramsey. It was Yannick Ngakwe. Like, Calais and those guys hadn't been there yet, right? So there was some stuff, but not everything. And then they asked him to play strong side linebacker, and then they asked him to play middle linebacker. and So... While that was all going on, he wasn't always surrounded by that 2017 team. Taven Bryant, same thing. Like, he comes in later, and they're asking him to play, like, the big end spot and the inside spot, and, and they're asking him to do too much. And, by the way, it turns out, like, he doesn't look like he's a terrific player to begin with. Right. And on top of that, they might have had his head spinning. What I like about the Walker thing is his head already spun at Georgia. He was asked to do a ton. And they also pick up a Luacon. Lloyd, Muma, Fadakasi, they already have Josh Allen. You can name it. He doesn't have to do everything on this defense. He can actually come in and be a piece, and while everybody else might be like, hey, he didn't get 12 sacks, he's a number one pick, they're not going to ask him to do that maybe right away. They'd love to see it. But he might be able to do a multitude of things that impacts the game that doesn't show up in even defensive player of the year but it makes his defense jump 10 spots in the rankings. Yeah. And instead of giving up 26 a game or whatever they were giving up, maybe they give up 21 a game and they're in more games and they flip that around. So, uh, and, and then he could develop, hopefully, into mm-hmm. that 12. I mean, listen, even Josh Allen, as good as I think he is, he hasn't had that 12-sack season yet. He's had three of them. He's had three seasons. Yeah. And he hasn't had it, but I think he's certainly capable of it. So if Walker is able to impact football games and, and his defense can impact football games and take a big leap, and a guy like Josh Allen now gets 12, 13, 14 sacks, will we say that he was worth the number one pick if he makes Josh Allen that much better and still he has his own production on top of a defense that's being productive? I think there's a lot of things to like about that. just depends your perspective on it. Uh, You can have a not-so-great defense and a guy go get 14, 15 sacks. 
I'd rather have the number one overall pick be a part of a defense that gets markedly better, makes my other star guy better, and maybe ends up with eight sacks instead of 12, 13, 14. Yeah, and that might be what Hutchinson is, right? A lot of sacks, and they might not be very good on defense. Might not. Uh, but or I, he might not get a lot of sacks, and they might not be good either because they can. They don't have enough to, to help that him. defensive yeah. side to help them. I think in that article specifically, it doesn't say what I'm about to say, but this is kind of what I took away from it. I don't know why I didn't think about this before, but if you draft Aiden Hutchinson, and even if you draft Thibodeau, and obviously you know how I feel about that, but are they playing on all three downs? Probably not. He, Hutchinson's not. Hutchinson. He's out there when you you need to get after the quarterback. He's not out there in a guaranteed run situation, I yeah, don't think. Yeah, I, I think that's fair to wonder if he is. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, there's there's a, at least you're not – you can't say for sure he yeah. is. Trayvon Walker's going to be out there every play. He should be out there every play. And that's kind of what I take away from – because now that I – when I was thinking about what was said in there and, like, thinking about it, I'm like, okay, you know, if you're going to run, okay, you move him inside. If you want to get out the pass, you move him outside, you know. He's probably going to be on the field, at least he he can be, for all three downs. And then I'm like, well, you know, that's pretty good value out of the number one pick if Hutchinson's a guy that we don't, we can definitely not say that he's going to be out there all three downs. Here's the other thing I would say. Um, I would just say this about Walker. To substantiate being a number one overall pick, there is something about that. And they have to be right. And he has to be more than just a player that does contribute and helps everybody get better, like I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But I just think in year one, if he's that guy, then that's certain impact. I do think he's going to be good against the run because that's his M.O. coming out of Georgia. He was really good there. But he also has to be good against the pass. He sure. can't be one or the other. Yeah. Okay? He still has to be the complete package. That's what you took at number one. That was a little bit of the problem maybe with a guy that, like Yannick Ngakwe and why he's floated around some teams is he's a good pass rusher. He can impact the game. That's important. But he also is a little lead, light against the run. And that's a problem for teams. Like, might it be a problem for fans because they don't care about that? Right. It's not a stat. But it's a problem for coaches. And that's, I think, one of the reasons why Jan has bounced around. True. So if you can have impact in both parts of the game, well, now now you're delivering on the number one overall pick to what degree we'll find out. So a uh, really good article on Trayvon Walker. I think it, if you don't feel good about him, go check it out. I think you'll feel a little bit better. And, and by the way, it's an honest piece in my estimation because it also says, hey, he's got some warts here. He's, he's got to be able to fix these or develop these or get better at these. Um, and just about every pass rusher that comes into the NFL has those. Like, it's like, okay, he overpowered people because he's a super good athlete. Now he has to learn technique and this and that. And, um, if he does that, it, it seems like to me he's got a chance to be a phenomenal player here in Jacksonville. It's one of the reasons I like the pick. I love the upside. And I l- really like the idea of the way they're going to use him here in Jacksonville. Now I can't wait to kind of see it and see if we're right. And if they're right, more importantly. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back. We're live at Tavoli's House of Cards here until 6 o'clock. Come on out, say hello, open some cards, talk about the card business. Every time we come out here, we talk about the card business. And I think I say, oh, wow. Really? Like five different times. Probably more. three hours. Yeah. I just did in the last commercial break when we were talking to Mark Tavoli. That's true. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, I've said it a couple times. You were talking about fun. Star Wars. I was like, well, wow. Star Wars. Uh, you just say. Yeah. Huh. Boring. Uh, we'll be back on ESPN 690. Welcome back, everybody. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau along with Casey Kurtz. We are live at Davoli's House of Cards. We were just talking about cards a little bit. Which direction do we want to go today? I mean, you're big on the soccer right now. Hockey playoffs are underway. Good yep. triple overtime game last night. Penguins beat the Rangers. Um, John Morant is out of this world 
Yeah. Yeah. I can, you can say that. Um, big night from Ja. Card prices are soaring, Brent, as if, we speak. If you could have one card right now in any sport, and I'm not talking like the LeBron $3 million card. I'm just well, that one, like, but yeah. Um, like a buy low, not a buy low, but like a good investment card in a player at the moment. Um, yeah, I think... The ones that I'm invested in, and Trey Lance and Jude Bellingham are ones I'd like to pick, but um, I'll, I'll stick with soccer, I guess. I'll stick with Jude Bellingham. I like Jude Bellingham. He's like 18 years old, uh, plays in the Bundesliga. He'll probably be transferred to a team that you know, like Liverpool or Manchester United is in on him as well. By the way, Manchester City just scored, so it looks like it'll be a Liverpool-Manchester United final in the Champions League. But uh, those young soccer players, man, that's what I'm investing in because – by the age of 22, you're already like a veteran in soccer. So this guy's 18. Um, it's, it's the answer. Uh, you. What card did you pull recently on Bellingham? Our, that was him. Yep. And that was worth like that was like $500 card. Yeah. Just still got that. Still got Has that. Has Amanda sold it yet? No, Amanda has not sold it yet. Probably gonna get it PSA'd. So. Oh yeah, you gotta keep do that. You, keep you updated. Yeah. How much could we go if we're PSA'd? Ten. Uh, somebody has a PSA nine up for eight fifty. So if it's a ten, I don't think there's a ten in existence yet. Okay. So. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Got that at the Bowie's House of Cards, by the way. I did. Another hot box. Came off the shelf right over there, there and you picked go. out the box. Uh, you're welcome. Um, but I don't. You're not getting that much credit. Oh. We're not gonna like split the profit or anything. No. Oh, okay. Uh, if you could pick one athlete to invest in, we just said in cards. How close is John Morant to that? athlete maybe across all sports right now um if it was a stock yeah uh, i think it's a good call i think in terms of your favorite buy low sell high you're definitely not buying low on john Morant. so you got to buy high and hope it stays high and that's the same deal with the stock market right you don't want to buy high because then if it goes down what happens i mean i you know i'm sure people bought high on derrick rose and look what happened like thing things happen that you don't want to happen so I think in terms of, like, the context you're going for, I buy low is the key, but I think John Morant's a star, and he's going to continue to grow. And in a city like Memphis, if you could be a star in Memphis, you're going places. Well, that's the thing. Like, it's almost I, – I do have this sense right now, and, and I've said this a lot, because, like, I think Trevor Lawrence, he's already got six-figure marketing deals, right, mm-hmm. or, or seven-figure marketing deals. Yeah. And Jacksonville and small market, whatever. It's the NFL, first of all. But I do think, like, it's a curious question sometimes. Like, a place like Memphis, how big can Ja be? Can he be way bigger in New York and L.A.? And I guess the answer would probably be yes. But I think that gap is closed so much that I'm not a big buyer in that. It's like, if you're a recruit, people will find you. You can tweet at them. You can send them emails, videos. You can send them YouTube video. Like, they are going to find you. So it's a lot like that with a superstar. If you're ripping it up in any sport and you're doing things that people aren't doing, you're going to be on ESPN. That's you're going to be on SportsCenter. People are going to talk about you. doesn't matter if you're in Memphis. doesn't matter if you're in Milwaukee like the Greek freak. It yeah. doesn't matter if you're in Miami, New York, Chicago. Can it help a little bit? Maybe because we might see on TV a little bit more than Memphis. Yeah. But the bottom line is Ja is such a draw. And this is getting really exciting in this playoffs because every night he's bringing it and he's got a flair for it. That Memphis now next year is going to be on TV a lot more on those national broadcasts. Memphis could find themselves on a Christmas day because of Ja Morant. 
Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's when you look at it that way, and you brought up uh, Giannis, which is a good point, obviously, in Milwaukee, but you look at the Knicks. Who they got? Nobody. The Nets, they don't have a young star. I mean, KD is what it is. But the big market teams, what I'm getting at is they don't have the young star right now. So when you go to a team like Memphis, you got John, you got uh, Giannis as well. I mean, for a while, Portland was relevant because of Dame Lillard, and they got Christmas Day games. And really, if you want to go all the way back, Golden State got relevant because Steph Curry. Well, that's a good point. So the NBA has kind of tra- changed this landscape to where the big market, te- Cleveland and LeBron, like the big market teams just haven't had the young star to build around, and it feels like forever. Yeah. That's I mean, Derrick Rose might literally be the last one. But I also do think it fits. Like, I, I feel like I feel like you're more hurt in sports stardom right now, maybe being on the West Coast than being in a small market. I would agree with that. So, like, I feel like Shohei Otani and Mike Trout, and part of that might be the sport of baseball, but part of that's also West Coast. Yeah. That we don't even realize the game's finishing up around 1 o'clock in the morning. And, by the way, there's a big jump from, like, a basketball game starting at 9 or 10 at night on the West Coast and finishing around 11, 11, 30, 12, or a baseball game starting at 10 o'clock and finishing at... 1 one thirty in the morning. That's like it got massive difference, I believe. And also, you got baseball versus basketball. We don't have this problem in football because the games aren't late. People are staying up and watching a West Coast game anyway because yeah. it's a kickoff at 5 o'clock their time or whatever it is on a Monday night. Um, so I, I, I really feel like the West Coast part of this, and, and it, I think it factors even more in baseball, is more prevalent than a – that I'm trying to think of guys that should be more stars than they are, and I go to the Angels. I go to Otani and Trout. Well, yeah, Mike Trout's been disrespected his whole career. Yeah, he, I mean, he might be the best player to ever play the sport, and it's sport that they've been playing a very long time. And I think we're still hesitant to call the man the face of baseball. Yeah. Uh, and Tatis is another example. Tatis is a good one. All wow. the best – I mean, here's, here's one that I kind of think about. Do you realize how good Ichiro was? Uh, yes, but not a lot of people do. Right. Yeah, 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 exactly. You you do, but I mean... But Trout and Ichiro, for different reasons, are different than Tatis and even Otani. Like, Otani's doing something that nobody's done since Babe Ruth. Uh-huh. And so you could, like, be living in the desert um, with no cell service. Yeah. And somebody would find out what Otani's doing because it's True. that unique. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also think Tatis is somebody who relates to the kids so well, has this flair, the personality, wants you to talk about them. See, guys like Ichiro, and especially a guy like Trout, we've talked about this a lot, uh, you know, in these kind of contexts, he doesn't really seek it. You know, he's not looking for it. Mm -hmm. If you purely love the game of baseball, you know Mike Trout is a hell of a player. Right. But if, if, if you need to be told that Mike Trout is a hell of a player, he's not the one that's going to stand up on a table and tell you. Right. And so there's a difference there. And, and by the way, I think Ichiro was a lot like that, too. Yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, and maybe you can make, make the case the language barrier and, and with Ichiro, but that's not a problem for Otani because he's doing something so different, mm-hmm. you know? So I think um, – I, I do think that is fascinating. But Jabaran, to get back to him, that's really where the focal is. The guy is – we knew he was good. But, like, even me, I'm sitting here and watching Golden State and Memphis the last couple of games. I'm like, damn, that's fun. Yeah. Like, it's entertaining. It's fun. Like, I, 
I just don't sit and watch a lot of Memphis games. Right. I don't watch a lot of NBA games, just sit and watch anyway. So you have to come find me. And what John Morant has done in the last couple of days, courtesy of the playoffs and it being on my TV and good games against Golden State, they found me. Yeah. And I can't be alone in that. Like, I really think John Morant, by the day, is gaining more fans and trends and everything else and quickly becoming, in a league full of stars, maybe the most entertaining one they have. Yeah, he's extremely entertaining. And when you score 15 points in the last five minutes of a game, that's really going to... It's going to help, you know. Well, the so, clutch gene is important in these yeah. moments. And he has it. I mean, there's no doubt. But he has the talk. He's got yeah. the swag game. Oh, yeah. He does it different, kind of like Curry. See, this would help Curry. Curry looks like the average, everyday guy that played high school basketball. And yeah. now he's like, whoa, guy's unbelievable. Look right. what he does. Yeah. Well, Morant, I mean, he ain't physically imposing. He's no. not the Greek freak. He's not LeBron James. Right. I Yet think his ability to get to the basket and exactly. finish reminds me of like, he does it even better than Kyrie, who in the last 15 years, I think Kyrie Irving was so good at getting to the basket and finishing. Yeah, I think I think that's a, a great point when you have the guard that can score in the paint. And Steph Curry can score in the paint. He, can. he just does it a different way. He's not going to bulldoze his way in. He's going to Euro step his way in and, and make a layup that nobody really saw coming. So it, I think the guard is – It's I'm not going to say it's the quarterback, but it is. It's the quarterback of the NBA. If you're a good guard, like, that's the premier position. People want to kind of re- – I guess, be a fan of the guard. Like, you want your guard to be the best player, just like in college basketball we talk about. But when your guard handling the ball is John Moran or Steph Curry, yeah, I think that, that helps your fan base. That helps you nationally. And when they make those Christmas Day commercials, Brent, you remember when they were hitting them shots with the jingle bells? Those were all guards in LeBron. You know what I'm saying? So they'll get John Moran on there. They'll get some other people on there that play guard. It is funny. We like guard play more than, like, big man play. Hey, coming from a big guy, you know what I'm saying? I always wanted to play guard. Oh, Brent, I wanted well, to play guard. Well, that's a part of it. Like, even those big men want to go shoot the three. Oh, I was shooting the well, three. Well, and they, by the way, Dirk Nowitzki helped change the game. Kevin Durant, those guys have now changed the game to the point where they sure. do shoot the three. No, everybody, uh, when you, listen, when you play basketball in your driveway as a kid, you're not really trying to be the guy in the post. You're trying to be the guy that brings the ball from halfway on the driveway to, like, the other quarter of the driveway. True. Point of story is you want to handle the basketball, and that's why we love guard play. And that's why players like Jokic, for example, he can handle the bar, but the ball, but he's absolutely not a guard. So does he get overlooked as best player in the league, even though he might be? Maybe a little bit. Giannis is the unicorn because he handles the ball. True. Um, if Me- I just said this. Am I right? If Memphis beats Golden State, Ja Morant will be the biggest star in the game by the end of the month. I think he's bigger than Giannis. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I'll go with you because it's Golden I mean, State. Actually, LeBron's not even in it. And then Golden State, you're knocking out Steph Curry. And that whole, yeah, other than the whole thing that Golden State has built. Yeah, I- I'll go with you on that. Absolutely. Because if Giannis beats Boston, even though Boston's the higher seed, I think it would be looked at as like, oh, they were supposed to be Boston. They're the yeah. defending champs. Yeah. But if Memphis and John Morant, I, they're the higher seed too. I understand that. But let's be honest, it's Memphis. Nobody's. Look, I placed a bet that either Golden State or the Boston would win the championship, and I gave uh, Aaron the field. And now I'm like, uh-oh, Could I'm in trouble here. In yeah. One week. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll go with you on that. Absolutely. I, I just punched this home. I mean, if you haven't watched John Morant play yet, I mean, he's been terrific in the series. Hopefully he will be in game three. But it is a lot of fun to watch. I know there are some people lukewarm on the NBA, uh, but 
is a lot of fun to watch, man. Yeah, it is absolutely. a lot of fun to watch. So go check it out if you like to be entertained. Uh, we will hopefully entertain you some more from Tivoli's House of Cards coming up here in just a couple minutes. Time to take a break. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. We still have football at 5 on the way in a bit. We've got to open up some cards here on a Wednesday. It's really the only reason Casey came down. Literally the only reason, yeah. Trying to pull another $500 card. Why not? Why we'll be not? back on ESPN 690. Hey, welcome back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Live from Devoli's House of Cards on Wednesdays. Come on down. Say hello. See uh, the folks here at Davoli's uh, after we were out for the draft week last week. So, plan to be here just about every Wednesday. We have been for the last couple of months. Always have some fun opening up some cards, talking some cards, and uh, well, it feeds right into the sports world. I think about like card shops, and uh, I know Poppy Johnagrass memorabilia shop, and I think about like getting my hair cut. It's probably the three places that I talk sports the most outside of like, not on like TV. Oh, okay, yeah. TV. yeah. Well, like I'm just saying, if I was like not doing this. They scored again, Brent. I can't stress to you enough. There was six minutes left in this game. Real Madrid scores with eighty in the 89th minute, which is the last minute of the game. They got six minutes of extra time, down a goal, and they just got another goal a minute and 15 seconds into extra time. So we're all tied up. We are all tied up for the next five minutes. If somebody doesn't score, we're going into extra time. That is incredible. So uh, we, we could be going on late on CBS 47 for the news is what you're getting at. Yeah, you might want to relay that to John Bachman. Uh, well, no, because Fox 30 will just keep rolling right along, Brent. Uh, that's true. Good point. That's why we have two channels. That's why we got two. That's why I have you here. Thanks for correcting. Hey, man, I used to work down there as well. Nobody knows my name, but that's fine. <laughs> I was there. I was the glue that held the whole thing together, Brent. Yeah. How long did you work? Is it together? How long uh, did you work there? About uh, September 2020 to whenever I came up up here. You were pandemic yep so i graduated in from unf uh so spring break this is a good story spring break 2020 okay had class with david dealey shout out david dealey yeah, over at unf and uh our class was meeting and he said all right well i don't know what's going to happen but we'll see never went back and that crazy never went back to unf still still haven't gone back not to, like the class part of it yeah, I mean, yeah. you know sports conference. so you did everything the rest of that year it was the last class, and the class was... Oh, so you uh, never even did it virtually. No. Yeah, it was, so that class was inside Jacksonville. It was pretty much a TV show that we produced, and it went on a station that I'm not going to say um, because it's not CBS 47 or Fox 30, and we couldn't produce the show without being there because, like, we literally ran the show. You had yeah, hosts yeah, and... Yeah, so Dealey was like... Show's over. A minus. You know, I can't give you an A plus, <laughs> but A minus. I was like, I was like, all right, Dealey, I'm with it. So, That's cool. <laughs> so, yeah, I started TV And then September. you graduated. Yeah. So that was like your last class. Yeah, we didn't have graduation. Um, that was my la literally my last class. We didn't have graduation. Uh, you could have walked like they eventually did like a walk. They mailed us our degrees. Um, yeah. I mean, it was kind of a, a weird way to end it. But, yeah, and then uh, my whole life story at this point, the homie Dave Wax called, said we need some help down here. <laughs> homie Dave Wax. Yeah, that's Dave Wax. Dave Wax, our operational guy on the TV side. Yeah, him. Good I'm going to call him the homie Dave Wax. You should. You should. You should do that. And, uh. Yeah, so then I started working down there, and um, here we are at Devoli's House Cards, Brett. You know, you know, I'm gonna. It's pretty wild that we will someday. I didn't think we'd do it like two years after the fact, or just two years after the fact. But some point in our lives, whether it's today here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690, mm -hmm. ten years down the road, some thirty years down the road, we'll be like, 
never going to believe what happened in 2020. Yeah. Like, in, I was on spring break, and I never went back to school. And never. And still got my diploma. It's like, I dropped out, but I still graduated. That's literally exactly <laughs> what happened. Like, yes. Like, how many people have that story? Well, everybody's got a story of what happened. Yeah, absolutely. Like, to be honest with you, I kind of forget. I remember what happened at, at the Players' Championship, and then I kind of forget, forget this, like, interim mm-hmm. of before we started doing stuff like okay, everything's going to be shut down. We know it's going to be shut down for a bit. We can do some stuff from home. This, Like, I don't know how we functioned, like, the first couple of weeks after, like, when everybody's still in limbo. Yeah. Like, somebody asked me that recently. I said, so you just do everything from home? I was like, I don't remember. I did a lot from home. But I just don't remember when I pulled the trigger on doing everything from home. Like, I don't know yeah. if we went into the station for a week or so, or we did a lot. Of, we did do a lot of radio still from the station. Um but just everybody will have those kind of stories, and a lot of the kids, really, a lot of, a lot of kids in high school, right? Or yeah. uh, think about it this time of year, playing sports. Like we even will go back right now. We're thinking, hey, like how was such and such a team here and there? And then we're always reminded, oh yeah, the pandemic—they never finished that season. Yeah, you know, or they didn't really play three years of high school ball, or four years of high school, ball, or three years. Of well, and then the college ranks, some play, played five or six years of college ball. Some of my friends are because still in school somehow. Some I'm trying, are really still in it? Yeah. Uh, my friend, yeah, they're still there. I don't understand it. Um, shout out to the boys playing baseball and uh, football. But, yeah, they're still there. I don't I don't know how. I really don't. But they're still doing it. It's been a long time. <laughs> One of the, This is crazy. So my friend, he got the COVID year, and then he got a red shirt year because he tore, uh, like, an ACL or something. Okay, yeah. I forget exactly. So he got a so medical red shirt. He was there for, like, seven years. Yeah. I don't even know how it even works, but... Shout out to the boys at Luther, Luther College. Um, but I think, I mean, it's like, where were you when the pandemic started? Like, and how, like, immediate stuff. Everybody kind of then, get, I think everybody else, I shouldn't say everybody. This will sound very blanket statement, but everybody kind of felt like they were living the same life. Yeah. You know, once we got into it and knew what we were into and then kind of wondered, when are we going to get out of it? And yeah. everybody was wondering all together. But, like, that life, it, it was really like the first two, three months like, okay, where's this going? What are we supposed to be doing? How do we function without this, this, this? And Where's the toilet paper? Yeah. Where's the toilet paper? <laughs> That's a good question. I, yeah, that, it, it's it's fascinating that we're, almost, we're removed, it feels like, now from the pandemic. Yeah. And I don't think we're ever going to say, where were you when the supply chain issue happened? Probably not. <laughs> Unless there's no more toilet paper. Then we're back in the house full circle, I guess. Or no more golf balls. Um I'm tell- just go look in the woods. Like that's, a- I mean, anyway. Uh, so yeah, it's pretty pretty wild um, to think back at that that first month, two months, really. I'll never forget. I remember. I'll never forget this. I was like, yeah, we'll be up and running by football season. I mean, whatever. If we got to yeah. spend a couple months doing this, it's fine. Yeah. I was like, uh, I mean, sunshine and rainbows over here. That's true. I thought, yeah, we'd be fine. Nope. Oh, it's still going 18 months later? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, this soccer game is still going. So if you're looking for Action News Jacks, Fox 30, not CBS 47. <laughs> we got extra time in the or Champions League semis. The, or watch the end of the soccer game. Actually, do that. I don't know. I don't do that. Or listen to us. Or just listen to the show. ESPN 690. Because we will not talk any more pandemic, but instead football at 5. Live from DeVoli's House of Cards. It's coming up next on ESPN 690.